0: Welcome to Harnessing Your Wealth with Billy Peterson. As the founder and CEO of Peterson Wealth Services and a former number one ranked jockey, Billy knows what it takes to succeed. In this podcast, Billy and his team will help equine enthusiasts, business owners, and retirees understand the keys to financial freedom. Saddle up and get ready for a ride you won't soon forget on how you can harness your wealth.
1: Hello, fans, and thanks again for joining us for Harnessing Your Wealth. We're recording another session here. And this is going to take a little bit different turn, but stick with us because you're going to want to hear every, every word that's spoken today. I'm Billy Peterson, your host joining me today, Sean Cade and our special guest, Heather Peterson. So this is the four Peterson group right here today. (laughs) Heather, thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: So you've done some podcasts in the past. And by the way, I want you all to know, as you start listening to this, that Heather has some background in what we're going to talk about the material. And today we're going to talk a lot more about health and how that relates to wealth. So there's three components that I always like to refer to when we're getting into these conversations. And typically we're, we're known to talk a lot about financial matters, but many years ago I had a client who, who spoke something to me that I thought was profound. And he said, there are three pillars in life health happiness and wealth and he said they come exactly in that order now i i remembered that and it struck me as a bit unusual but for years i i thought about that and i continued to reason and understand what he was referring to he's since passed away but he was a very good client of mine for many years his name was rod mcpherson he owned a large number of ihop restaurants and he said, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have your health, it doesn't matter. So he put, he ranked health as the number one concern in everyone's life. It should have been, and then happiness and then wealth. So I don't know if it, if it is going to come in a different rank for all of you listening, it might, which is fine, but I've determined that if you have only two, you really have fallen short. You're, you're, you are you you will not have them all. And so even if you're lacking one, so we're going to talk a lot more about health today. And Heather's done podcasts concerning this topic. She has a business called pain-free for good, where she helps people all over the country who are dealing with chronic pain, emotional pain, uh, and all the above. So I'm going to let her tell us a little bit more today about her business pain-free for good.
2: So I founded pain-free for good in 2017 after a lot of encouragement from Billy. Uh, Billy and I had our own health journey with both physical pain and, and chronic pain and emotional trauma. So a little bit of a preface to that, I am a mind-body coach, and, and that is someone who works with someone in, with chronic pain, disease, emotional trauma, uh, both large and small, and perceived trauma. I work with both men and women and recently more often teens who are dealing with large amounts of anxiety and depression. Shocker, right? Um, With with our social pressure that we have with these kids and their phones lately. Um, To go backwards, my whole journey started in 2009 as I was summiting a mountain with Billy, actually. Uh, If you're familiar in Utah, they're the Farmington Towers and it's It's a steep climb to the top, and I started having bouts of vertigo. and it it kind of took me off guard because I've always been this healthy person and never had any health concerns really, that were out of out of normal. and um, I ended up having to to descend and not make the summit. and it was very <laughs> upsetting to me at that time. And from then forward, I just could never really get rid of the vertigo. I really thought it was maybe something I ate. I thought maybe I was pregnant. I took a pregnancy test. I went to the eye doctor because my vision was very blurry. Um, I was told to try an allergist. I went and had the drops that you'd take. Um, and then I ended up at the neurologist getting an R- MRI and my diagnosis was you're a very busy girl. <laughs> and that was very upsetting to me because it had been a couple of years of dealing with this extreme vertigo and have that being my diagnosis. Um, Billy has his own kind of story to tell about a year later, he's, he was struck with some debilitating back pain and was later diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called ankylosing spondylitis. And from then forward for several years, six years to be exact, we struggled both of us with our health. Um, mine proceeded to be hypothyroidism, chronic migraines, chronic fatigue, Um, trying to think, Uh, I had so many different things, uh, adrenal problems, hormone imbalance, Billy had, um, eye pain. Yeah,
1: that was, that was a bad, bad time in my life. (laughs) I can definitely reflect back on all of that.
2: Yes. So together two healthy people having their health suddenly deteriorate was a very kind of traumatizing thing for the both of us. And we didn't really understand. And we saw a lot of doctors and, and we paid a lot of money and, in supplements and doctor bills and everything we could imagine to try to feel good again. And so that was kind of how I got into this.
1: And you got into it. So let's go into a little bit more of what was the trigger? What was the, maybe the awakening, if you will, that started you down the path of thinking differently that that things weren't always what they seemed that we maybe needed to question what we've been told from the medical community. Was there a person, a moment, a book? What, what was it that really got you thinking different?
2: I think it was a culmination of a lot of things. Um, I am a faith-based person. And so my belief in God really was my driving factor. Um, sorry, you get emotional.
1: Take your time.
2: Billy was, His health, of course, was a lot more um, scary than mine, and to watch him deteriorate both mentally, uh, emotionally, and physically was hard to watch, and our kids didn't understand at the time. Sorry, I don't know. I'm so emotional. Um,
3: Deep breath, Heather.
2: uh, So mine was definitely faith-based, and I put a lot of prayer and energy into understanding and receiving that help that I so desperately desired for our family. Um, so fast forward to 2015, Dr. Sarno walked into our lives and changed everything. Uh, we were at a a Raymond James conference actually, and i love to attend those with Billy, um, (laughs) mostly to get away from being a mom all the time, but, but also they have a lot of breakout sessions that are health, um, Directed And I, and I am always very much into the health aspect of things and I enjoy attending. And so there was, uh, an author that was speaking and he was talking about a, a book he'd written. And I, to this day, cannot remember who that, what man was or what his book was. And he, um, spoke of how stress affects the body. And that made more sense to me than anything. And... So I went to the pool to lay out with my friends. And from then on, I was just looking on Amazon, trying to find this book of this man and I couldn't find it. But the one book that came across was Dr. John Sarno's healing back pain. And I started reading all the reviews and I ordered the book and we got home and it was there. And I told Billy, I don't know what it is about this book and I've never read it myself, but I feel like you should read it because what do we got to lose? So Billy, maybe you can share from there.
1: Right. Well, th- thankfully that was a, a turning point. No, it didn't happen like snapping my fingers, but it got me into a different realm of belief and way of thinking. And just, you know, t- to try to quickly share the story uh, with what I was dealing with and this chronic back pain epidemic going on in our country where there's somewhere north And I I can't remember exactly. I think this was a year ago, but it was 80 to $90 billion a year cost to our economy in just back pain alone. And I feel victim being one of them. And I think there's so many people. I think we could all point to someone in our family, someone in our circle of friends who deals with back pain. I have friends who have dealt with it for years, went into multiple surgeries, um, failure. So surgeries fail, they don't help. And unfortunately that's the advice and that's what we get. And if that doesn't work, guess what we're just going to have to learn to live with it, you know, and, and medicate ourselves or pain pills. unfortunately I didn't, didn't go down that road. I I refused the pain pill answer or solution. I put that in very deep quotation. Uh, It's, not a solution. Matter of fact, it makes you worse. But I, I started to understand or think of myself as someone who could be dealing with pain from an emotional standpoint. And the pain is created from a constant state of fear, worry, uh, nervousness, just anxiety, all all the above. And that kind of resonated with me and how Dr. Sarno wrote his books. And I ordered other books and started listening to YouTube testimonials and started to explore just how deep this was because I wanted to see people who had the exact same conditions that I did and had overcome. Right. I, I I felt like if I had heard a story about someone overcoming this particular situation, like knee pain, or they had back pain, but it was mid back or they had back pain, but it was neck and back spine and I had a specific diagnosis from a rheumatologist who I, I believed in her word. I, you know, she's wearing a white coat. So you were trained to believe everything you're here when you go into the medical office and they took a blood test and they said, that, yeah, this blood test come back conclusive that you have this condition. It's an autoimmune disease. And so I started getting on Facebook and I started exploring all the problems that could be coming down the line for me. And it was just nonstop what was going to happen. And most people end up dying from these conditions and they never get better. So that, that tuned up my anxiety even more and the pain increased and intensified even worse. And I didn't, I didn't get out of that until Heather turned me onto these books and it was just almost at a desperation level where I said, I'll try anything, you know, because I grew up not believing in too much in emotions. <laughs> and and that's sad to say, but I never got into that, bearing your soul and understanding what's going on in your life. By the way, no doctor ever asked me if I was dealing with anything emotionally in my life when this onset of pain came, which looking back now, it's it's so clear cut. It's embarrassing to think that everyone missed that. And, and doctors don't understand how these things lead to chronic pain and all the things that were going on with me and within my life at that point in time. But anyway, stayed with me a long time, go down this other road, start thinking about what my thoughts are, what my underlying concerns are, what my worries are. And you start to reset that and you start to calm yourself and you start to breathe and you just start to believe that you're going to be okay and once you start to believe and then you start getting better and then you start believing more and even with setbacks but then you finally wake up one day and there's no pain and you think hallelujah praise god i don't know what happened but you you didn't fix me with a pill you didn't fix me with surgery you didn't fix me with some manipulation of my body what fixed me was me being aware that i could fix myself my body healed on its own just with my redirection and how i changed my thinking and how i changed my way of handling the life so anyway i want to thank heather for that and from there heather you you just took it took off and you you found almost your calling i'd say in life because now you've helped I mean, you're probably up into the hundreds of people now with the number of people you've helped both directly and indirectly from, you know, coming to be clients of yours or helping from standpoint of your newsletters and the things that you've written and, and your social media content. So um, I want to move in and I I, I have Kate and Sean, who also have some stories to share. And we're going to get into a little bit more about that, but I want to ask. Heather, to to explain maybe briefly, why do you think we're at this point in our society and why do doctors fail to recognize this still to this day?
2: Well, let's think about it. A doctor is concerned with the body, right? A psychologist is concerned with the mind. A doctor is not going to learn about psychology and a psychologist is not going to learn about the body. And so What we're, we're lacking here is a mind and body connection. It's not one or the other it's, it's both things working together. And so to put this in simple terms, think of how you feel back in high school days or whatever, when you're getting ready to take a test and you have nerves and you have an upset stomach and you have a racing heart, you're thinking about your nervousness and how you're going to do on the test, but you're having a physical reaction, right? And so most people don't understand that, um, back in the seventies, eighties and nineties, people dealt with, uh, ulcers. Right. And so that was kind of the en vogue thing and, um, carpal tunnel syndrome. And most, most people had adverse effects because of these things. And, and years later, they finally understood ulcers are caused by stress. And so now we're coming to know everything that we manifest physically whether that be a disease chronic pain or uh anxiety or depression is caused from a thought we think uh, and that's how it manifests so dr sarno coined the term tms or tension myoneural syndrome which is a, re- a restriction of oxygen rich blood supply to any of your extremities in your body and it can manifest any way but what is ultimately causing that restriction of oxygen is a thought we're thinking. So we think a stressful thought, we hold our breath. How often do you find yourself holding your breath when you're stressed out all the time? People aren't even aware of it, how they're holding their body and they're restricting restricting the oxygen flow. And, and that's causing adverse effects because it's giving you a cortisol response. You're in the fight or flight mode and your body never gets to come back off of that cortisol response. And so it gets stuck in overdrive and it doesn't know how to shut off. And so we never get to come back to homeostasis and long-term effects of being in a cortisol resp- response is detrimental to our health in so many different ways. Mm. Um, another way is um, there's no money to be made in the mind-body connection. There, uh, there's no surgeries, No, there's no prescriptions, there's no reoccurring appoint- reoccur- appointments necessary to go to the doctor's. Um, And the pharmaceutical companies are the ones funding medical schools, if you didn't know that, right? And so I pride myself on teaching my clients that no matter what comes their way, because stress is going to be there, you're going to have stressful events in your life and it's how you respond to it. So I pride myself on giving my clients the tools that no matter what comes their way, they're going to be able to deal with the stress response and on their own and they're not going to need me. What, what doctor have you been to that says, okay, you don't need me anymore. You're, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. No, no mm-hmm. one. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's changed a lot over the years. You think back, I, I talked to my dad and even my grandpa, when he was alive, I spent a lot of time with him and, and shared stories about the doctors used to make house calls, but it was so much different than it is today. Today is a it's an assembly line almost it's these hospitals are popping up everywhere in medical clinics and and we've been trained to believe that we need to go there for every single thing and that our bodies are broken and and that's a shame that's sad to see and when you finally cross that river and realize uh all the uh, i don't know just the misdirection of what what we think and what we think we have to have and uh you get sucked into that from a mental standpoint because if you believe it then you can't heal. If you don't believe that you can heal, you won't you get better on your own. So I'm going to let Kate and Sean give some experiences. Kate, you, you grew up in this household. You watched all this disaster happening, uh, you know, with me dealing with all my pain and trying me trying to go to baseball tournaments and then having to be leave and go lay down somewhere or taking you. I remember taking you guys to Alaska to go fishing you and Brig and, and having to pull over and, and actually just lay down in the car back seat just just to be able to to function the pain was so intense for me but i had been led to believe that you know my back was broken that i i had a disease that it was it was never going to get better they're all incurable if you read up on it incurable they love that term and it's such a bunch of bs i mean i get very <laughs> very upset when i talk about this stuff so kate you grew up in it you you read, you learned from us and especially from Heather, helping you with all the things that you dealt with. Maybe you can share some of the things that that happened in your life.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was really strange growing up seeing you like that. For one, I just you'd always been, in my eyes, like successful in everything that you've done. And it was it was really weird to see you struggling. Talking about it, it seemed like it was just kind of a, yeah, we came across this and and we fixed it it that was years i mean what was it five seven years where your six, back was six like plus that? years yeah yeah i mean to the point where i honestly didn't know how much longer my my dad was going to live uh i i felt that uh those nerves quite often and it was also weird being introduced to the idea of it because i grew up in and still you know i'm i'm in my younger years where it's just normal to go to the doctor and everybody's on some sort of pill. And at first I was kind of skeptical. Like I don't really know about this as most people are, you know, when you've been trained by something for your entire life, it's, it's weird to adjust and change, but I've noticed with my own experiences that it is it's powerful. I mean, I've had multiple encounters, quick example, I'll share, uh, I was training for my first marathon and I was in St. George, Utah, going to school my first year of college. And, uh, you know, you have a lot of struggles your first year of college. You move away from home. You've got school. It's stressful. And I remember I was on a, a long run before the marathon a couple weeks out and I got about 14 miles in planning to go 20 and my knee was killing me I've never felt pain like that in my knee and i remember i was so frustrated because i was trying so hard and i just started crying i was so unbelievably frustrated and i remember calling you dad and you're talking to me a little bit about your back and at that point in time you had kind of resolved it and you were telling me about how it's not something that you've done you didn't just randomly hurt your knee you've been running you're, you've strengthened up your legs And I got to the point where I was really buying into it. And I was like, okay, maybe there's not something wrong with me. And I'm struggling a lot with school and and being away. Let me resolve these issues emotionally. And sure enough, uh, I had bought a brace and everything for my knee. But I was like, I'm going to run it regardless. You know, I got a couple friends down there, got more comfortable and didn't feel it once during the marathon. So it's a... a lot of people laugh and and think it's funny, but just seeing the way that it's impacted our family, it's impossible to not believe it or know that it's something that's that's really important. And like I mentioned with the pills and and painkillers, I know Sean wants to talk about that a little bit and how crazy it is today.
0: Excuse me, we're almost in the home stretch for the episode. But before we cross the finish line, I just want you to know that you can contact Billy and his team at www.petersonws.com or by visiting the show notes. Now back to harnessing your wealth. You know,
3: my, my experience, I have my own personal experiences, but really ties back to, to my mom, Christine and Heather, you, I know you know, my mom well and helped her with, with her struggles. Um, Yeah, she she went through a lot and it really started with with her childhood she had a lot of a traumatic childhood her her mother took her own life when my mom was 12 years old and you can imagine what that would do to a 12 year old girl losing her mom and then um getting um a stepmom that maybe wasn't you know i love my grandma gloria but she'd never had kids before so she wasn't used to having all these kids around like my mom and her brother and sister and so there wasn't a lot of affection there. And, you know, growing up through all that, I think that's where my mom's trauma started. You hear that term a lot in this, in the mind body world trauma and, and what that can do to someone emotionally, and then it can lead into more physical issues. So my mom had scoliosis when she was 16, I had a metal rod put into her back. She was then diagnosed with um, diabetes she battled that her whole life and then it morphed into a lot of things um fibromyalgia you know an autoimmune disease and then it was not able to sleep and then it was pain in her feet and pain in her shoulders and I mean just on and on and I can't tell you the amount of doctors that she saw. And this isn't anything against doctors when we talk about that. There's good doctors out there, but like you said, they're trained more for, okay, what pill can we prescribe to you? What shot can we give you? And my mom had them all. And if a pill or a shot or something cured one thing, it was temporary because then it led into another thing. And we, and when I say we, I mean everyone on this podcast all talked to my mom and got her lined up with Heather. And you would see almost an immediate change in mom when she started talking about all the emotional stressors that she was dealing with. And then she would start to become healthy, but then something else would come up and you'd want another quick fix. And it it got to be a cycle, and it it was a nasty cycle. And she was on so many medications at some point, just, it was too much. It yeah. You too must much.
1: see taking medications to fix what the medication. Right. It,
3: it was a snowball effect. It just, mm-hmm. it just seemed like it was never going to end. And, you know, u- ultimately my, my mom, my mom passed away, but it, it just, fed into this thing that we, that we see in our society, where it's all about medications and this instant fix when it's more about what's going on in my life, what things am I dealing with that are maybe stressing me out or making me uncomfortable. And if you can sit down and talk to someone like, like Heather, or even to yourself through meditation and really see what, what's going on. I think everyone would be very surprised. It's just like the ulcer example. We found out that stress causes ulcers, and you tell people, well, stop stressing out, do things you enjoy, do things that make you happy. And now no one complains about ulcers anymore. Right. I've, yeah. I've never heard anyone. You know, if you talk to a younger person, they won't know what an ulcer is. But because see, in the, 19, is.
1: in the 1950s, 60s, that was the symptom. That was the universal problem that people Every, were dying from. Everybody well, had it. I mean, you didn't know it was stress-caused. I, you know, I would Some even, people did, but...
3: Yeah, I would even argue that you cancers could be caused from some stress and worry. Not and sure. yeah, and you know, the, the mind is a, is a crazy thing, as you guys all know, sometimes it's very hard to control your thoughts, especially a person that's anxious or depressed. But once you garner that control, and, and you can you teach yourself through studying and reading and everything, you have so much more control with your health. And again, like Billy mentioned at the first of the podcast, we talk to a lot of people and, and a lot of them have all the money in the world and you think, oh, they should be stress three, but if they don't have their health, I promise to you, when they come in for their review meetings, we're talking more, we're not talking about their money. We're talking about their other things that, that are affecting
1: them. Yeah. And that's why this, this show is so important and could very well be the most important one we've done is, yeah, we can tell you all how to invest and hopefully do the right things and eventually become wealthy you know do, do taking these steps but again if you have if you've let the other parts of your life slip and you haven't paid attention to that or well, you've been misled because again there's a lot of faulty advice medical advice and that's just throughout history I can mm-hmm. recite that because I'm I'm writing my second book a uh, little nudge for everyone listening that the studies the examples of terrible medical advice throughout the decades is is out there what was once thought to be gospel is found to be incorrect and what we need to do is learn how to question learn how to stand up and ask questions and wonder or maybe just push back just a bit until you know for certain that you're doing the right thing heather what would you say in light of that information we just share, we've just shared, with with what Sean talked about with medications and what we've what we've learned ourselves, and not buying into what you may be told from a diagnosis and all the things that you people that you've helped, ranging from all sorts of autoimmune diseases like arthritis, the rheumatoid arthritis family, fibromyalgia, migraine headaches back pain neck pain knee pain and all the people that are going out for complete body renovations I'll call it <laughs> you know knee replacements hip replacements shoulder replacements when does it end you start thinking is this normal is this right or are we all just falling apart we're sitting around in an office most of us and yet for some reason we all need absolute new body parts how is that? How does that make any sense?
2: Well, everyone was wanting to address the physical aspect of it, right? And, and you talk about people in, in their 60s. Ev- everything is, is addressed from a medical standpoint. I mean, I think back to my own childhood. If I had a stomach ache, my mom would give me Tums or Pepto-Bismol. If I had a headache, she'd take, say, take some ibuprofen. And and I even started raising our own kids that way, right? And um, and so all of the people sixty years and older, that's just the way things w- are. They trust the medical professionals. They trust the community. They trust the pills that they're they're going to take something and they're going to get better, right? But it doesn't. It only relieves the symptoms for a short time. And and so addressing it from a different perspective, which is everything that manifests physically has an emotional root. Um, for example, if you have chronic strep throats or if you have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's or something with a thyroid, you're not able to speak your truth. You don't feel like what you have to say is being received by other people. If you have stomach problems, you're not able to digest a situation or you're rejecting the visualization of something that's going to happen. Um, if you have vision problems or, or eye pain, you're, you're worried about how you're being perceived. Um, I could go on and on about what, what every body part is emotionally, but when you start addressing the emotion, that's when you start un- understanding the, the mind-body connection. And for me, that was a huge turning point. I went to a, a lady, Andrea Carver, who was a craniosacralist, and that finally clicked for me. I finally understood when she was telling me what my, my symptoms meant emotionally, that made more sense to me than anything. And I could finally quit giving all of my faith to to the medical community and start giving my, my faith to myself and just say, yes, I'm not feeling hurt. I'm not feeling like what I have to say is important. And I've never had a voice because of the way I was brought up, right? Who I had to be to get love was a, a quiet girl who, um, that, that kept to herself and was kind of a, a sta- a standby, if you will. And so, when I f- finally was able to f- have a voice, I I felt heard, and and my symptoms went away. And I could say that with every person I have worked with, when they start giving their emotions a little bit of space, attention, mm-hmm. yes, then then they resolve on their own.
3: And I, Sean. yeah, I, everything you're saying is, is so true, Heather. And I think looking back, you go backwards in time and people worked way harder than we do now. Okay. And I'm talking about physical work okay. and, you know, we all grew up working on a farm and Bill, your dad's still on the farm. My grandpa was on the farm till basically the day that they died. And I don't see any knee replacements, hip replacements on, on those guys. And so they, they worked a lot harder than we right. did. And I think it's, it's funny that now we are seeing almost. All the time, every person I talk to, oh, I just got my shoulder replaced or my knee replaced, and you're like, oh, really? Did you know? Did you really need to do that? Is what I want to ask. I Me, mean, I don't want to be rude, but I think the other thing that that is hard, and it's getting better now, but talking about your emotions has always kind of been a hush-hush thing, like almost like a taboo, where you just don't do that. Um, you know, as a as a boy growing up, turning into mm-hmm. a man, you don't cry. You don't you don't come whine and say that this is bothering you or that's bothering you. You deal with it, right? Well, dealing with it You repress it. Yeah, you repress it. And then internally that builds up inside of you. And then boom, you start getting all these physical symptoms, like you're talking about, Heather. And people you know say, Well, it's an autoimmune disease, it's just your body attacking itself. Well, why? <laughs> is <laughs> is kind of what you want to scream. And that's what I wanted to do with with my mom sometimes, but Heather, you, you deal with a lot of people. I mean, what should people be, be doing? Is it, is it meditating? Is it journaling? I mean, give us some, you know, I'm sure the viewers are like, okay, I understand where you guys are going, but what should I do?
2: Well, I think first and foremost, the biggest thing is people need to be honest with themselves because most of us don't have the social awareness to even say, or, or admit that that we're struggling. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, when I first take a client on, I get to know them at a very deep basis. I ask a lot of personal questions and things that most people don't divulge to their spouse, to their best friend, to their siblings, they, they don't divulge this kind of information. And I ask the personal questions to get to the root of the problem, because if you don't understand what's causing the pain, then you're just spinning your wheels, right? And yeah. so you have to know what the root of the pain is. How often do you go to the doctor? And they say, let's figure out what's causing it. No, they don't. They say, let's give you something to make you feel better for a short period of time. Right. And so my job is to figure out what is causing the pain so that we can resolve it once and for all. And and it's, it's gone. So I feel like truth will always set us free. Right. I feel like that's, that's the foundation of, of the entire mind body connection is being honest with ourselves.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That's great. It's so critical to, to start thinking emotionally. You know, I read that in one book. When you have a physical sensation, think emotionally, don't think physically, don't think what's wrong with me. What's broken. What do I need to fix this? Is it physical therapy? Is it a surgery? Is it a pill? Is it, you know, my body is just completely breaking. Here's, here's another really important factor. And I'm sharing some things and taking a little bit of Heather's thunder. She could tell you this too, but but I want to make sure I get these points across is our bodies are going to change over time. And so Dr. Sarno, when people were asking him about their MRIs, for example, because of course, that's one of the first things people do nowadays when they have pain, run in and get an MRI. And of course, what does the MRI result say? It says you have an abnormality. It says you have this problem. And what is an abnormality? Honestly, what does it mean? Because studies and hundreds of studies, and i can I can tell you which ones, if you want to email me, if you want to get serious about this or call me, which ones to uh, to point to and which ones to look at. studies of people that they didn't, they didn't know which ones had pain and which ones didn't, but they go in and have MRIs of all of them. And I'm talking hundreds or even thousands of patients in these blind studies. And the MRI techs couldn't tell a difference in the images. Had no idea. They all looked the same. Yeah, some had pain, some didn't. Then they took a study and they only only accepted people who did not have any pain. So they were asymptomatic for knee pain and they were studying knees. And they took images of all these knees. And the MRI techs, of course, didn't know that they didn't have pain. They came back and said, 97% of the people in this study had an abnormality think about that therefore if abnormalities cause pain all those people should have pain and here's what the abnormalities might be okay cartilage deterioration what does that refer to now what is a buzzword bone Bone on on bone bone. oh yeah it's bone (laughs) on bone the doctor told me i bone on bone and hell i have to have my knee replaced i mean cartilage doesn't grow back guess what folks that's a normal Abnormality. Okay. Just like this right here, this gray hair coming out of my head. (laughs) That doesn't cause pain, but it's what happens when you get a little older. All right. You get a few wrinkles. You get, you know, things change in your body. It doesn't mean it's going to cause pain. So let's wake up to the idea that we don't need medical doctors to tell us what our health is going to be. All right. Millions of people are getting around this and they're learning. The power that's right here between your ears, the power of your subconscious mind and what's going on in there. And, and I just encourage you all listening to be one of them rather than buy in to what you've been told your whole life, run out to get pills, run out to get a surgery. You know, you're, you're basically, you, you run out and get these replacements and I'm not trying to make you feel stupid because I have a lot of clients who've done that. And friends who've done that hip replacements, knees, uh, shoulder surgeries, Heck, I was one of them before I understood this. I had the shoulder done, and I was just thinking I had to do it. That was just part of life. But you know what I learned is all those things are unnecessary, and you're limiting your abilities to to move forward because no longer can you do all the activities that you used to do, right? You you can be you can be a percentage of yourself, but you can't be the same person with artificial limbs you can't um heather just help us understand a little bit more and we're gonna we're gonna wrap up we have 10-15 minutes some examples of people you've helped and the types of conditions that they had tell us what what they started with what they why they came to you and how you helped them get better
2: well first of all i'd like to just say with all of my clients i have a confidentiality agreement so i'm not going to Divulge names or anything, but I, I have so many stories I could share. I had a lady I worked with who was um, walker bound. She had a real hard time getting around her house without her walker. And she basically was just kind of shut in to her home and not a lot of quality of life. She had uh, two, her, her kids were older and even she, she was diagnosed with neuropathy and even putting her a sheet on her her feet at night to go to bed was incredibly painful for her, and you know, fast forward through working with her and um, kind of rediscovering her own joy for life and her perceived trauma through childhood and and rearing children. Right, we talk about the age of responsibilities when most people have a lot of chronic pain, and that's the year the child rearing years. You know, that's uh, having mortgages to pay and bills and and then aging parents and caring for them. I mean, this is all the age of responsibility. And that's when people build up this reservoir of rage, um, about having to deal with life and not filling their own cup and having their own happiness. Right. And, and so our happiness and our health goes hand in hand. So when my clients finally discover, to that they need to focus on the abundance of what's going on in their life instead of the lack. That's when this, this big shift comes for them. And, and that woman is now hiking and, and getting around and being outdoors with her family, like she loves. I mean, that's just, that's just one client. I have so many people that have gotten off of medication, whether that's anxiety, depression, even bipolar medication um fibromyalgia all, all kinds of things that they are no, no longer medicated for because they understand that that was a bandaid i i'm not one to put medication down but i i i myself had my own time where i was on hypothyroidism medication for the rest of my life right i was told that's that i was my quality of life i was going to be medicated forever and i was on anxiety and depression medication and Once I decided I I no longer needed that and my emotions and, and all of my, my traumas that I was perceiving once I dealt with that and I came to terms and I focused on the abundance of, of life instead of the lack, I realized I didn't need that anymore. And that's the same thing with most of my clients. Um, So you don't have
1: any medications, zero. Uh, So how many do our medications does our family prescribe to?
2: zero. How often do we go to the doctor? Never.
1: Hardly. <laughs> ever. Well, never. I don't remember the last time. And we, we've we never filled a prescription in, in years and years. Uh, and it's just a different way of life. It's just, you know, some people may laugh. Oh, yeah. Well, you guys lucky or no, we were also in that same boat. You know, I was taking Uh, acid reflux pills for 20 years, or they told me I would never get off of that, that I had a disease, incurable disease. GERD is a a disease. And, you know, you have a problem physically. You can't, it it doesn't get better. Heck, once I learned that that was all stress-induced and caused by anxieties and worries, isn't it so nice to not have to take a pill and not be at the mercy of some pharmaceutical company? Because again, like Heather said, it's a Band-Aid. No, I don't need it. I I mean, I figured out the root cause. I haven't taken one of those pills in, I don't know how many years now, eight? Probably. Eight years. Uh, You know, the back pain is gone, 100%. Give us some other uh, thoughts on types of people that you've helped, Heather. Help our listeners understand that they might be able to also heal.
2: I work with a lot of women who are diagnosed with Hashimoto's. That's kind of the in vogue thing right now. Hashimoto's it's, it's a thyroid condition. Um, fibromyalgia is really big back, neck and knee pain are really big. Migraines are still really a big deal. Um, any kind of stomach pain, IBS neuropathy, anxiety, depression. I mean, those are all things that are over overcomable if you will. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah.
1: people have yeah. healed from diabetes. We we've mm-hmm. seen people at these, uh, uh, sessions. We go to conferences. We go to that have been cured from stage four cancer mm-hmm. for heck's sakes.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's you've amazing. Seen it. Yeah. It's amazing to, to go to these conferences and see people who are wheelchair bound and laying on the floor in pain, like you used to be Billy and to watch them change over a couple of days, just their perception of life is so big. I love um referencing Groundhog Day, the movie with Bill Murray, if you're familiar with that. Cade, maybe, maybe not you, but you
0: no, if you I haven't see seen it, it
2: <laughs> if you have not seen it in a while, it's a it's a great reference point because if if you've seen the movie, I'll just touch on it shortly, but Bill Murray wakes wakes up and it's Groundhog Day and he's angry about having to be where he's at and goes through his day and he's just kind of grumpy and pissed about it. And the next day he wakes up in his groundhog day and he's pretty much in denial that he's living this day over and over. And he has the same conversations with the same people day after day. And this carries on for several days. And then the next point he's trying to take his own life, jumping in front of buses, jumping off of buildings. And he he's just angry that he's in this place and he doesn't want to be there anymore. And think of how often we get to that place when we're, in so much pain emotionally or physically that we just are so sick of it, right? And, and what finally happens in that movie is he says, okay, if this is my life, I'm going to make the most of it. And he starts trying to make a woman fall in love with him. And he tries to be the superhero and saving people's lives and making things better and helping people who need help. And what finally happens is he falls in love with his life and he's focused on Abundance instead of lack, and he finally comes to this place of acceptance. So it's like he's walked through the stage of grief from denial all the way to acceptance, and and that's really what this whole mind body is connection is about is is coming to terms with our life because we're all going to have things that happen in life that we don't want to accept and that are happening and they're hard and they're traumatic and uh, coming to this place where we're okay with it, and if we can live in daylight compartments and not live in the past and everything that happened in the past and be worried about the future. And if we can just live for right here, right now, today, we're, we're safe, we're loved, and we can give ourselves grace and forgiveness and things are going to really start to change. I mean, every day we have a blank slate, A, a blank slate we have every day to wake up and, and make it whatever it's going to be. And you can say, oh, I didn't get enough sleep last night because I, I don't ever sleep good or I have all these things to do and I have all these people I have to deal with today and, and if those are gonna be your thoughts. You're gonna have a cortisol response day after day after day and literally you could pick up yesterday and put it on today and it's the same conversation with the same people and the same things upset you and the politics and the news and the, the market, right? And you can be <laughs> upset over the same things over and over or you can wake up and say, man, I'm grateful to have my spouse next to me in bed. I'm glad I'm excited to have running water and I'll be able to brush my teeth. And I am excited to put clothes on my body. I'm excited to connect with the people in my life. I'm excited to look out the window at the beauty of the world. And, and really your perspective changes so much when you can focus on abundance instead of lack. And if, when you're doing that, you're literally changing your chemical makeup from a cortisol and adrenaline response into filling These these chemicals of oxytocin, love, serotonin, endorphins, you're, you're literally changing your chemical makeup by thought alone. And that is everything that is, that is the recipe for happiness. That is the recipe for health.
3: Read the book, power of positive thinking. Yes. Heather just went
1: through that. I mean, I love it. I'm not a big
3: reader because I have to read at work all day, but that's one I've read multiple (laughs) times. So a few minutes, I think, Bill, and then we got to wrap
1: I I love that way to uh, wrap that up. And there's very powerful words. Any thoughts from from you, Kate or Sean, final thoughts?
4: Some people think that their trauma isn't important or isn't uh, anything compared to some other people, but everyone has their own unique issues that need to be addressed. Don't think that you need to just get over it or like Sean said, just man up. Uh, everyone has problems to address no matter if there's, I mean, anyone can find someone that's been through worse, but you know, your problems are important too, and you need to address
1: them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, good, good point. Yep. Thanks. And Heather, thanks so much for taking the time out today for our listeners. I know we're going to get a lot of good feedback here and and people are going to appreciate all that you had to say. How can they get a hold of you if someone wants to get more information or learn more about what you do?
2: You bet. Uh, I am available um, painfreeforgood.com. You can also email me, painfreeforgood7 at gmail.com. And you can find me on Instagram at painfreeforgood.
1: Okay, perfect. Thanks again, listeners. We appreciate you tuning in. Hope to uh bring you information that's not only timely for your wealth, but also your health. Until next time, take care out there.
0: Thank you for listening to Harnessing Your Wealth with Billy Peterson. Before we declare the race official, please click the follow button so you can be notified when new episodes become available. For more information about today's show, please check out the show notes. Visit our website at www.petersonws.com or give us a call at 801-475-4002. Once again, thank you for listening.